Hello everyone and welcome back. It's the full 40. It's Chris and Rob brought to you by Nova Insider. And Rob, I think we got to start right there. We got to address the elephant in the room. We're pretty excited about it. We're very excited. As we as we would be. As usual. Nova Insider. I just brought the elephant into the room and now I'm going to talk, talk about the elephant. It's standing here. Let's address it. So Nova Insider brings you a lot of, lot of news. It brings you all of the news. The most news of any social media account, anything Villanova basketball related, you're getting it first with Nova Insider. Gotta that's check it out. A, that's exactly right. Yes, thank Rob you. Rob said it better than I can say it. And because we expect that there'll be some new listeners as a result, wanting to at least give an intro as to what this podcast is all about. Yep. We, Rob and I, have never really played any organized basketball. We don't really understand the sport of basketball. We have no skill. No skill. But we did attend Villanova for four years, yep. and we did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> nice. Um, nice. And right. so we're just two guys who like to talk about the culture of Villanova basketball. <laughs> and we watch a shit ton of Villanova we, basketball. We watch to, a be, shit to be ton, clear. We do watch clear. a ton of Villanova basketball, yeah. have been doing it for many years now, Yep. and we drink and talk into a microphone about Villanova basketball. As we do. So that's who we are. So we just want to lower expectations to zero. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Forget the expectations. If you continue listening, congratulations. Yeah. We just hope you have fun. We'll send you a free t-shirt. Talking just about something cool. that is tangentially related to Villanova basketball and do what dudes do best and just pontificate about shit that they don't really understand. Perfect. Should we get into it? Let's do it. Perfect. All right. So a new season brings a lot of same things that typically happen every year. We have the typical Duke hype. Yep. Um, everyone was sucking Duke's Blue Devil. <laughs> you just say after, it. You just say it. After the Kentucky game. Yep. Um, maybe less so after the Army game today. But this is not a Duke podcast. So we won't not talk a Duke about podcast, it. but That's the it. hype is real. The hype is real. We get Fox Sports trying, attempting, miserably do failing. They, do they try? I really, I honest to God, don't think they try. Miserably failing. They're absolutely horrible. To demonstrate any quality <laughs> or ability to put forth a television segment about basketball. We think we're incompetent, and then I watch Fox Sports, I'm like, no, nah, I kind of know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, when you when you listen to Fox Sports and you watch Fox Sports do a college basketball broadca- broadcast, you're basically like, Rob and Chris are like the smartest basketball Absolutely. guys. Like, we're basically savants. Yes. Like, we're one step below Coach K relative <laughs> to Fox Sports. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so that's what, so we get shit Fox Sports again. Right, and you also get the Gavit games. Oh. Which is the Big East, Big Ten, supposed to be a tribute to Dave Gavitt, who would be rolling over in his effing grave if he had to watch St. John's play Rutgers. Oh my god. Or whatever horrible else games are going on next week. And Michigan State getting to appear in the Champions Classic, despite only really being a champion at doing terrible things. They're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll leave it there. They're like a pseudo-champion. Yeah. <laughs> Not a champion of anything you want to be a champion of. That's right. That's right. But Michigan State hasn't won a championship in 18 years, gets to participate in the Champions Classic. That's right. And get a lot of hype that goes along with that. Meanwhile, North Carolina and Villanova, who have won five of the last, like, 17 championships, are... Not champions. Not in the Champions Classic. That's right. All right, so yeah, a lot of things that come with the beginning of the season. We're going to hit on most of them, except Duke, because this is, as we said, not a Duke podcast. That's correct. Um, Should we jump into some week one review and overreactions? Yeah, so one of the best things about college basketball is you have a 40-game season, and after one game, you get to just pontificate about whatever the hell you want to pontificate about and make claims that you have no accountability towards. I love it. So Let's do that. So... (laughs) Opinions on the team, we'll start right there. Two games, 2-0, two, two blowouts. First game was a little bit shakier. Yeah. Defensively a mess. Second game looked like more like a Villanova basketball game, generally speaking. You know, you had both games featured inability for the clocks to work. Oh, my God. Like, what is that? <laughs> it's just unreal. Yeah. So if you didn't watch the games, which I wouldn't blame you if you didn't, yeah. Villanova yeah. couldn't get the clocks to work at the beginning of either game. Which so, we, should, like, we should take the blame for the Pavilion game. Like, yes. New Pavilion, 
And they're like, ah, we didn't figure it out. Like, all right, all right. I'll, I'll kind of <laughs> give it. We forgot that detail. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a pass on we that. We painted right? the ceilings, though. The ceilings yeah. are painted, but we forgot about the clock. Fine. We'll give him a pass it's, on it's that. It's not a time sport or anything. It, yeah. And then it gets to the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, the Sixers play there all the time. Like, we didn't change anything from last year. You'd think we'd know how to do this. There was a half-hour delay in the game last night because of the clocks. That was unbelievable to me. Yeah. Rob and Nicole, Rob's wife, Nicole, who has still not listened to this podcast. She has not. <laughs> uh, big Villanova fan, graduated with us, still not listened to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. she, th- she thinks it's like a joke. She's like, she's like, well, well, your wife doesn't listen to it. Chris's wife. I'm like, no, nah, like she, she does. <laughs> like you're the, basically the only one who doesn't. But anyway, yes. All right. <laughs> so they're coming over. They're running late, and they get to watch the whole game. We because, missed nothing because the clock couldn't start. Yeah. Game started supposed to start at eight. Tip off at eight. Had to sit through Georgetown squeaking by oh another garbage God. team, and then. We finally got to watch our game at 825. So bad. Anyway, we blew out Quinnipiac. Shouts to Baker Dunleavy. Okay. And let's just talk about the players. Yeah. Because we have a lot of new blood, a lot of new faces, a lot to talk about here. Right off the bat, we could just kind of put Pascal and Booth aside for a moment. Because Pascal is an absolute beast. And provided he stays out of foul trouble, he's just the absolute man. He had 11 and yeah. 8 in 20 minutes last yeah. night. He's just There's no competition for him on the floor. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously. But so I will say this. I agree with you. When he's on the floor, he is a dominant force. And what I love about him is when he goes to the hoop, he doesn't shy away from contact. We saw it last year against West Virginia, right? Like the epitome of a man's jam against Kanate, which just threw it down right in his face, which is phenomenal. And he's had a couple of those dunks already this year, which I love. So he's bringing that energy. He's ferocious. We know he can shoot it from deep, although... Fox Sports doesn't seem to know that. I will I will comment on this. This is, this is like a great example of the Fox Sports incompetence. We are the premier program in their Big East and, for that matter, Big Ten television package that they have. The first game, the announcer, like a few minutes in, he's like, I don't know, Pascal shoots a three or whatever. He's like, yeah, you know, if Eric Pascal really works on his mid-range and long-range game, he'll have a great pro career. I'm like, you watched nothing. You didn't look at the stat sheet. Eric Pascal is a great three-point shooter. Correct. Period. Correct. He struggled out the gate last year and then was one of the, literally one of the best shooters in college basketball from that point forward. He was shooting over 45%. It was crazy. He single-handedly decimated Kansas. Yes. Like, just absolute incompetence. But anyway, so yes, he looks great. I think you're spot on, though, and what gets me a little bit worried is when he comes out of the game. So he picked up the two quick fouls yesterday, right? And look, we're playing... Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac, I have no idea how to pronounce it. It doesn't matter. He comes out of the game. Obviously, we do totally fine because those guys are not any good. But I do worry when we get into, when we play Kansas, right? Not when we play the Big East because the Big East blows, which we'll get to in a minute. But when we play Kansas, then you've got Phil Booth and like Gillespie, who I feel good about. And then I've got a rest of a lot of unknowns at that point. A lot point, of unknowns. Which, which kind we of have one me. not unknown, though. We have one not unknown. We'll get to him in a minute. Phil Booth, just a quick mention, Booth looked absolutely fantastic in both both games. He looks like he's made a jump. He looks a step ahead of every guard that we have. He looks terrific. None of that is surprising. And, like, and he, look, he's aggressive. He's taking on, Jay talked about it before, he's taking on the leadership role. He wants Phil to be in that leadership position and be aggressive and be the scorer. And Phil has not shied away from that one bit. He's a superb athlete, does everything right. Yeah. He's just a great player. Did so, you know he scored 20 in the national title? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe this narrative continues. It still continues. This is the third on. season after this. Yeah, this is the third season. And yesterday, it was, again, a mention to the fact that, you know, people talk about Jenkins' shot, but they don't even have that shot. Oh. Phil Booth doesn't score 20 in the national just, championship. Just stop. Game. Like, everyone gets it. We all get it. Stop. Stop. It's Saturday at 8 p.m., okay? Well, 8.30 p.m. because of the clocks. <laughs> yeah. No one other than Villanova fans are watching this stupid game. Absolutely. Everyone is either watching Clemson in ACC football or doing some other stuff. No one is watching this game other than Villanova fans, period. Yeah. Every one of them knows because you've beaten into their effing head yeah. that Phil Booth has scored 20 points in the national championship game. Enough. Yeah. All right, so we got our two knowns. Let's talk about two knowns. Third is Colin Gillespie mm. has shown a big step up, in my opinion. Now he's getting he's getting he's getting the starts. 
He's getting started with minutes. He's got that tight fade. He's got a... He looks good. <laughs> he looks so good. He looks good. I want that. <laughs> looks good. Shouts to Colin Gillespie's barber. <laughs> Absolutely. I said he looks stronger to Rob the other day. And I was just like, actually, muscular doesn't look that much stronger. <laughs> it's just his fade <laughs> makes him so look good. more cut. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, um, I remember Jenkins used to be all about his barber. And like, I will say, Chris Jenkins' hair, his senior year, was pretty tight. Like... He really stepped it up after he hit the shot. He was like, yeah, yeah, I've seen you're a big man on campus, whatever. Stepped it up. Oh, Gillespie, uh, he's playing pretty strong. I like yeah. it. I like it. So Colin Gillespie continues with his lollipop three-pointers that always seem to go in. They're beautiful. Yeah, they're terrific. Yeah. But they go way in the air. Yeah. They, come off, they go off the screen sometimes. <laughs> and then he's looked good. My question with Colin Gillespie, though, is, is not going to get answered until we play the likes of Michigan and Kansas and some of the other teams around the Big East is that Colin Gillespie looks fabulous against non-elite talent mm-hmm. or not even non-extremely good talent. Yeah. When we start getting into the thick of the season and start to play more talented, stronger, more physical guards, is Colin Gillespie going to wear down mm-hmm. or is he continue gonna, going to continue being what looks like candidly the third best player on the team right now? Yeah. So that's the question I have. But he certainly looks a step quicker. He looks a lot more confident. Uh, He's shooting the ball well. And I don't expect any of that to change. He doesn't look like he has a shot that's going to all of a sudden go south very quickly. No. He looks like he has a sustainable form. Right. He's just basically – sometimes I look at him and he's like – he looks like he's just watched hours of film on Ryan Archie Diacono. And he's just like, I'm just going to do whatever the hell he this guy did. (laughs) Worked out all right. And we'll get to Archie later. Yeah. So you got those three. And then you have Josh Hart. Moonlighting as Sadiq Bey. That's true. That's yeah. true. Because so, it's not Sadiq Bey. No, no, it's no, a non-new no. player. Sadiq Bey committed late to our program, and he's been awesome. But what we've really come to understand here is it's a little-known secret that Josh Hart has put on a couple-inch platform heels, and then he's also gotten a different haircut with a face <laughs> yeah. mask, and he is actually Sadiq Bey. Yes. Which not far cry from being really possible. They went to the same high school. That's true. They did. Yep. But no coincidence. Guy, no, no coincidence. <laughs> but Sadiq Bey can shoot the three. He plays with a ton of energy off the bench, grabbing a lot of rebounds that he probably doesn't have any business getting. And the guy just seems to be everywhere, making yeah. a lot of great plays, a lot of hustle, a lot of energy. Yeah, sometimes he's a little much. That's what Josh Hart was his freshman year. Absolutely. And I think Josh Hart decided, you know, when I'm not playing for the Lakers, I'm just going to moonlight and go back to campus and be Sadiq Bey. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's it like... So you'll get the impression we love Sadiq Bay. We loved Bay after Hoops Mania. We're like, oh shit, this kid can actually play, and yeah. he has continued it in the first two games. People were talking about a red shirt. Fuck that. Oh, no red shirt. No way. No way. No way. No way. He's and he was on. Um, or Jay was talking about him on his whatever post game or yeah, I guess it was post game um, after the first game, and he said the biggest thing he's done is like he's stepped in and understood the defense, which is. Jay's biggest thing that he always harps on is it takes freshmen a while to understand the defense. Well, we have a complicated scheme. It's a switching it's a defense. Switching. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot going on. We like to sometimes have our smaller guys playing down low. Yeah. We expect our guys to defend multiple positions. Yes. We usually trot out a smaller lineup than is traditional. But yeah, so anyway, Sadiq Bey is the man right now. We want to dedicate a segment to Sadiq Bey. We're not calling any names. We don't have any. We don't have a name no. for this segment. We we were thinking about what our name should be, and we decided that it's going to be either under construction or a segment with no name. But it's the Sadiq Bay section. Yes, and it's just basically our section to constantly provide love to Sadiq Bay. <laughs> Absolutely, Sadiq, because, if you're listening, because we've we watched you. Hoops Mania and we've watched two basketball games so far, <laughs> and we can tell you that he is already after Pascal and Booth, our favorite player on the team. Yes. Period. I think he might be my favorite player. Yeah, he's the best. No, no, you know what? Fuck he's my Pascal. favorite. Fuck Pascal and Booth. Sadiq Bey is our favorite player. He's not the best. Maybe of all time. <laughs> yeah. Hot take. Yeah. Hot take. Because, because Josh Hart's my actual favorite player in Villanova basketball Do history. I love Josh Hart, yeah. Right? And because Josh Hart is moonlighting as Sadiq Bey, I have to love Sadiq Bey. Yeah. But but I agree with you. In, in all seriousness, like what Chris has pointed out is so true. Like Bey has energy. Provides defense. He shoots the ball well. He plays under control. He plays confident. I'm really excited to see what he can bring to this team. Yeah. So a lot of CD Bay love, which is great. Yeah. Um, We're going to continue that throughout the rest of the season. We're going to be unapologetically apologists for Sadiq Bay. When he makes mistakes, 
Don't expect us to hold him <laughs> accountable for it. We are not holding Sadiq Bay accountable for anything. He's the best. Yep. He's the best. We've, we've given Sadiq the green light. I gave him a call yesterday. I was like, Sadiq, man, you're just crushing it. Shoot him up, sleep in the streets. Absolutely. He's yeah. like, he's like Rob, thank you for that call. I needed that. Yeah. Just to be clear, like we haven't talked to Sadiq Bay at all. He probably has no idea about this podcast. No, no he definitely case, doesn't have any idea about the podcast. That's all right. We so, keep trying. So then after that... A lot of different things going on. We could talk about Demir Cosby Roundtree. Yeah. Got off to a good start Fine. yesterday. And then he kind of like fizzled a little bit. I'm Whatever. Not really I'm not sure. Let's not focus on Dada. We know what Dada's going to give us later on. He's going to get confident. He's going to come in and give us some solid minutes. Great around the rim. Great around the rim. Right. Absolutely. Jermaine Samuels has seen a lot of the court. And with Samuels, it's like a mixed bag. But there's no question that there's progress. Yes. Clearly the kid is athletic. He's trying to be all over the place defensively. Um, he still makes some errors, some mental mistakes, etc. But I continue to b- want to believe in this guy. I do. I want to believe in this guy. I thought, man, th- could this guy be a potential transfer candidate if this year doesn't go well? It seems like Jay has bought into this kid a little bit more. Yeah. He's certainly getting more minutes. Absolutely. And I want to see what this kid's going to bring to the table. He was rated very high coming out of coming out of high school. It was a big get for us. We've talked about this ad nauseum. He looks the part. Guy, kid looks super athletic. Yeah. Kid looks like he can do a lot of great things. I want to believe in him. Yeah. And he's showing some signs of improvement. He's, he's definitely shooting better. He's hitting the boards well. I think the biggest he, thing is when he when he drives, he's a little turnover prone at that point. But look, I, I'm with you. Let's give him a chance. Like I'm happy to see him taking chances, though, because last year he looked like a deer in headlights. Sure. So I'd rather him make those mistakes now against these teams and try and continue to work on being a slasher and getting to the cup yeah. and all those things. And then I think you can't talk this segment without talking about Javon Quinterly. Let's do it. So it's really interesting with Quinterly is that he's not even the sixth or seventh guy off the bench at this point. Yeah, that's true. He is our eighth man. And this is a five-star top 20, 25 recruit. Yeah. And it's a crowded lineup with a lot of pieces that Jay is still trying to feel out what he has. And it's very clear that on the guard position, Booth and Gillespie have cleared their name and they're going to be up there. And then you have, obviously, Pascal. So you have three positions of the starting five accounted for. And then Bay is clearly ahead of Quinterly, in, at least at this juncture. Obviously, I'm not talking about necessarily talent, yeah. but Bay's clearly ahead of Quinterly at this juncture about understanding the defense and fitting into the scheme, etc. And you have Dada as well, who's obviously going to see the floor just because of his minute, his yep. size, and all of that. So to see Quinterly fall to the eighth man is really interesting, and I'm not sure certain how much better it's going to get. Like. I, I realize we played two games versus yeah. crap competition, but is this guy going to see starter? Is this guy going to be a starter this year? I'm not sold on it. I, I don't know that he will be, and I, I don't think he has to be, um, which is interesting, right? Because I think if you told me a few months ago coming into the season that you can make it through the season and Quinterly not be the starter, I would have said, oh, shit, like this is going to go south real quick. Um, but that said, given what we were talking about earlier with Booth and with Gillespie in terms of their confidence and how they seem to be playing – I'm okay with it. What I do want to see is, I do want to see him get more minutes. I think he's getting like 15 a game or something like that right now, which is definitely lower than I would have expected. And look, (laughs) Jay's system is such that, as we saw last year, and we saw with Dante, we saw with Josh Hart before him, you don't need to be a starter to be an impact player, right? No The starter thing is is, is not a requirement at all. It's not a thing at all. It doesn't doesn't indicate how Jay views you. I just want to see him get those minutes up. I want to see him play with confidence. I want to see him driving the offense because I haven't seen that kind of differentiation that obviously look he's not Jalen Brunson who was literally national player of the year last year and I don't expect that but I want to see a little bit more from him right and I hope he does get to that and the thing with Quinterly though is you watch him play and there's no question that he's got the talent to be there yeah but when you watch him play he doesn't look terrific on defense he doesn't look particularly quick. He looks. Nah, I think he looks. He pretty. looks a step behind. I'm. I'm just. I, don't, I think. I, I think you're. I think you're overplaying the speed. I think. I think he looks. He doesn't. He, he doesn't have a great looking shot. And a couple times he tries to drive to the cup and 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 take some contact and make a and make a layup. He tends to get blocked. That we saw that in Hoops Mania. Yeah. 
Right? Like, so he's got a paint painter blocked him. Yikes. Yeah. So <laughs> we have to see we have to figure out exactly what's going on with with Quinterly. I think he'll get his feet under him. He's still like he's diminutive. He's like six feet nothing. He is small. He's yeah. he's had a small build. Coming from a guy who's five seven here. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah, he's, very, he's very he's very small. Yeah. Like, For a basketball player. <laughs> yeah. In no, it's true. D one major basketball yeah, yeah, yeah. player on one of the best teams in the country. He's a smaller guy. Yeah. And so the thing with Quinterly, though, that we have to talk about, at least pay a little bit of mind to, is the Malik Waynes Oh, tweets. my God. Ridiculous. Yeah. So we're going to talk about this. We're going to take a small break. Oh. And then and then we're going to get back to the rest of the podcast. We'll look at forward at Michigan. Oh, but my God. Quinterly had an unlikely source of defense this week yeah. on Twitter come from none other than Malik Waynes. Yeah. The guy who... Most famous play at Villanova was to dribble up the court and with 25 seconds left on the shot clock in a, in a 13 and 20 season, shoot it off the bounce and shoot about 27% from deep. <laughs> Literally every possession, he would walk up the court and be like, Jack three, Jack three, Jack yeah. three. And you don't, you can't blame him for that. Dominic Cheek was on that team. Yeah. So, so like whatever. Yeah. But this is this guy's claim to fame. Now, I liked Malik Wayans a lot. But his perspective that he's tweeting out is that, which he tried to subtweet, but everyone knew what the hell he was talking about, right? Is that Javon Quinterly should start for the pure sake of he's a five star point guard and it would shake his confidence to not start. Yeah. Um, and I just got to say right off the bat if Quinterly's confidence is shaken by not starting on a program that has won two of the last three national championships, which yeah. the prior point guard was literally the national player of the year, then what he has is not confidence. What he has is insecurity. Yeah. Okay? And Jay is trying to work through that insecurity because clearly the kid's got the goods. Yeah. But he's going to have to show that he could come off the bench and perform yeah. in this program. I, I mean, and for the record, we're not... Th- this, little, this little bit here is not actually about... Quinterly at all. No, Quinterly like, said nothing we, about it. Quinterly said nothing. You've been a model this, citizen. It's all, it's, all, it's all in Wayne's, basically, at this point. Like, Quinterly, I don't know, you look at his social media account, the dude has a bajillion followers, right? And if anything, I would say, coming into the season, the one thing Quinterly is not lacking is confidence in his ability. So, my perspective from super outsider sitting in midtown Manhattan is that he's not lacking in confidence, and I can't imagine his confidence is shaken. But I'm just like Wayne's, like, dude, like, what the fuck, man? Like, just back off. Like, ugh, it's driving yeah. me crazy. So Wayne's tweets these tweets, and then and then another defender comes along, Sterling Gibbs, who you all might remember played for three different college basketball teams, had one good shot for Seton Hall versus us, and other than that, his biggest claim to fame was elbowing Ryan Archidiacono in the face. In the yeah, pavilion. dude. So. Thanks a lot, Wayne. <laughs> Thank, thanks, but no thanks. The person on your side literally assaulted one of our basketball <laughs> players on a court. Ridiculous. Right? Okay, so so F you and that opinion, right? I'm cool with Wayne's for the most part. I understand his perspective. I get his point of view. Yeah. But but F that. Don't, yeah. don't after one game. Yeah, it's one game. After one game. Give the kid a chance yeah. to, like, prove himself. Let the kid have no opinions coming into him yeah. other than trying to work with coach and listen to coach, etc. Yeah. And then let's go from there. For the record, but I right have, now, but yeah. right, the, the thing that the, that Malik doesn't realize that he's doing is actually harming the kid. Because because the kid now, people when they watch him play have this in his in their head. Yeah. Right? They have this in their head that this kid that Malik Wayans is talking about how this kid should play more and they immediately start attributing that to Quinterly. Like, think about yesterday. We were watching the game, and, like, one time or two times, Quinterly didn't jump up and clap or whatever after someone took yeah. a charge. And we're immediately thinking about, like, oh, what the hell was that? Why isn't he doing that? Is yeah. he a team player? It's and, it's, and, it's, and it's Wayne's fault. Quinterly has done nothing but say all the right things, do all the right yeah. things, etc. Mind you, it's a terrible situation that he kind of found himself in and then picked Villanova yeah. at the end of the day. Wayne needs to back the hell off. Yeah. The last thing we need is... These Wayne's cheek idiocy coming anywhere back near this program. And I think it's fine to leave it at that. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to get back into a look ahead at the Michigan game, obviously a big game on campus, 
and then we're going to take a look at their guys around the league and you know obviously the big recruiting update of the get a jeremiah robinson role so stay tuned we'll be back in a minute hey guys it's chris from the full 40 with chris and rob brought to you by nova insider we're excited to announce our new partnership with nova insider the best place to go on social media for all updates and news about villanova also they have a great website at novainsider1985.com where they sell some really awesome gear and if you put in full 40 insider and you're checking out, you'll get 25% off whatever merchandise you want to buy for this week, the week of November 11th, 2018. Check it out. We're excited to be with them. And as always, let's go Nova. All right, everyone, welcome back. It's a full 40. It's Chris and Rob. We talked about the team. We talked about how they looked the first two games, what to think about the season so far. And the next big thing is the one of the biggest games on the calendar um, for the rest of 2018 before the Big East season starts, and that's our matchup versus the Michigan Wolverines, who you might recognize from the fact that we slaughtered them in the national <laughs> championship game. stomped on them. Yeah, Dante DiVincenzo winked all over them. <laughs> and so now it. we get a rematch, and it's at the pavilion. The clocks are probably not going to work, but who cares? Probably very true. Doesn't matter. We get to play Michigan. It's exciting. National televised event. Um, Fox Sports is broadcasting it. It's not going to be a good broadcast. It'll inevitably be fucking up. But it's the Gavin Tipoff games, and somehow between the Big Ten and the Big East, we only put one game featuring a ranked team. So head scratcher there, but it is the national championship rematch, so I appreciate that, and it should be pretty exciting. Yeah. Here's what to know about Michigan so far. They played two games. And they've held both opponents, which aren't good opponents, under 50 points. Yeah. Last night, they held their opponent under 40. So this team is looking like to be a early early on, look to be like a defensive juggernaut. Obviously, they haven't played anyone the likes of our offensive unit. But as good as our offense has been, their defense has been. And as good as our offense have been, their offense has not. Yes. This team has really struggled to score They've won two games. It hasn't. They haven't had any problems. There's no questions about that. They're a solid team. Bayline's going to have them good by the end of the season. No questions about that. But this team has struggled offensively. They scored 56 points in their opener and 63 points last night. And those 63 points included an 18-point first half. 18 points. Yeah. That's unreal. Yeah. So this team struggles shooting the ball without question. They are not an offensively efficient team. But candidly, I mean, obviously we looked better yesterday versus Quinnipiac, but in our first game we didn't look we didn't look any, great. We didn't look great defensively yeah. at all. We kind of ran away from uh, Morgan State at the very end. And so it should be a contrast in styles. Being that we're home, being that early on in the season I think offense is stronger than defense. I would expect that we're going to win this game, and I think that we're going to win it and be kind of comfortable. I wouldn't be surprised if we're up like 8-9 with like a minute or two left and then free throws expand the lead to about 13, right? So I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Rob, I'm interested to get your thoughts here, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a final score of like, uh, I don't know, call it 72-59. to Okay, that doesn't seem unreasonable. I think it's going to take us a while to get there, though. Um, And I think it's going to take us a while to get there for the following reasons. One, this is the first really competent team that we're facing, right? And second is that, as we talked about a little bit earlier, we still have a lot of new faces in the program who are trying to figure out the role. We're trying to figure out the offense. As does Michigan. As does Michigan. It's It's a very good point. But that said, I think given that we're each trying to figure out our our program strengths and how everybody works together, I think there'll be a good bit of back and forth in that first half. I agree with you, though. I could definitely see us pulling away in in that second half. We expect that the crowd will be wild. It's the first really big game. <laughs> as, as, as wild as the pavilion gets. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, it's what, new pavilion. It's a new pavilion. As Jay says, we're the best, the best student section in the country. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
Whatever. Such we'll, a lie. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Look, Jay deserves every benefit of the doubt at this point. So look, people you need to know on on Michigan at this point. Charles Matthews, definitely their best player. Yeah. Um, guy who thought about going in the draft last year. He was originally a Kentucky commit. Started his career at Kentucky, transferred over to Michigan, had a great season last year, uh, still playing well this year as well. So he'll be an interesting matchup. They've got um, this guy, this freshman, uh, Brazdikis. I'm sure I butchered his last name. He was a top 50 recruit this year. He started off pretty well. He's shooting the ball well. He's the only one shooting the ball well on that team. Well, he's scoring the ball well. I won't even say he's shooting Swaggy well. Pool is not very good. Well, Swaggy Pool is not very good. Yeah, Swaggy Jordan Pool got a, he got a lot of press last year with his big shot, but he's actually not that great of a player. <laughs> <laughs> but but whatever, he, pl- he plays it up. He plays it up. No but, Mo the composer. No Mo the composer. The <laughs> Mo Wagner is is gone. Thankfully, with Josh Hart and the Lakers. Oh my gosh! Quick side note: Did you see? The post Josh made on, I think it was on Instagram, where he was giving Wagner shit about his uh, his second place ring. <laughs> oh my god, it was unreal. If you haven't seen this, Josh is basically like, oh, as he looks at his runner-up ring, he's like, oh, it's a weak-ass ring, man. <laughs> like, it was unreal. <laughs> Just absolutely unreal. I, I love it. that those guys in the NBA fuck with each other. They absolutely do. Yeah. yeah. No, that's good. Um, but yeah, so you've got you've got Swaggy Pool. Xavier Simpson is their point guard. I really actually do like Xavier Simpson. He's not a great shooter by any means, and he's actually a horrendous free throw shooter. I think he shot, I want to say, below 60% last year, which is crazily bad. But he's actually a, a pretty good defender and, and a decent facilitator as well. So those are some of the guys to look out for. And then you got Bayline. Great coach. Who's a terrific Paul coach. Paul coach. Yeah, Absolutely. no question. He's terrific. Really big Bayline fan, uh, personally. I mean, look, early on in that national championship game before DiVincenzo went in, he, they kind of were playing pretty well against us. Absolutely. And then and then Jay mixed it up and we made adjustments and blew him out. But, like, it was... <laughs> the rest is history. Right. The rest is history. But Bayline is a, is, is a really good coach. Yeah. So they're going to be in a position where they're going to challenge us. They're going to hold us down defensively a little bit. We're probably going to see some guys get frustrated, probably a little bit of fouls. Wouldn't yeah. be surprised to see any of that. Um, and then I, but I do think that early on in the season, Bayline's teams tend to struggle a little bit more, and then they come together late. I think that'll be the case. So we do. What do you think? I, I said thirteen point. Victory. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be thirteen. I think it's going to be something like. I think it's going to be something like seventy to sixty-two. Okay. Or sixty-four. Whatever. All right. Seventy sixty-four is my guess. What a win and a win nonetheless. So good win for the resume. Absolutely. Should be good at the end of the year. Yeah, Um, we also have Furman next week. We're not going to talk about Furman because we better smoke Furman. They beat Loyola Chicago and Sister Jean. Well, if they beat Sister Jean, then they must be good. Whatever. (laughs) Moving on. Anyway, we'll smoke Furman. We'll we'll get to more interesting things next week. Um, So that's us for next week. Right. Should we hit on the rest of the Big East, the Gavit games? Yeah, so why don't walk us through some of the quote unquote good games in the Gavit games? We have Indiana, Indiana. Wait, wait, wait. Let me walk you through the good games in the Big East. Oh, we just did. <laughs> we just did. There's, there's literally nothing else that's interesting. And the reason there's nothing else that's interesting is two reasons. One, the Big Ten is horrible this year. Not good. Not good. The Big East is horrible this year. Big East is horrible this year. <laughs> that's, that's a fair point. Let's, yeah. let's call it what it is. Two, Michigan State is not participating in the Gavit Games yet again. again. They're the only team in the Big Ten that has not participated in the Gavit Games at all. This has been four years, and it's kind of it's kind of BS. Like, no, it's not kind of BS. It is BS. It's fucking bullshit. It is BS. That Michigan State and Tom Izzo is too scared to play a Big East team after playing freaking Kansas or Kentucky or Duke every single year. It's really in the quote-unquote Champions Classic, which they don't deserve to be in because they aren't recent champions, <laughs> They're not champions. at all. Yeah. Okay? So let's just call a spade a spade. Michigan State is bullshit. Yeah. They play in the one big televised event that gets them some recognition and makes everyone think that Tom Izzo has been a good coach, which, to be clear, he is a good coach. He's a great No, he's, he's, a, he's, a, great, he's a great coach. He's a great coach. Okay? But this team hasn't done shit, but they are a television draw. And yeah. And fucking play in the Gavit games. Yeah. This is bullshit. And I'm really sick and tired of Michigan State, like, ducking their responsibility to play in these games. 
Like, show up. It's true. It's true. Like, All the right. fact that there hasn't been... Uh, sorry, I'm still... I'm on one of this. <laughs> the fact that there hasn't been a Villanova-Michigan State game is a farce. It, it's true. It's absolutely a farce. And I'm not suggesting that Villanova is not complicit in this or anything like that. Like, we played Nebraska one year and, like, haven't exactly played the most exciting teams every year. But playing Michigan this year and, like... The fact that we haven't played Michigan State is BS. I agree with you. I would go to East Lansing to play Michigan State. Yeah. And I would love to travel there and see and see the stadium. Yeah, it would be cool. It would be very cool. I'm with you. Other than that, the, what to, to know about the Big East, I said it before, is it's not very good. Yeah. I've, I've watched a few games. I watched Creighton today struggle with East Tennessee, Eastern Tennessee State, Ooh. which is not horrible. I think they were in the whatever conference they're in. Their um, their championship game last year, so it's not a bad program. Yeah, right. Um, I saw Georgetown struggle with Central Connecticut yesterday. Yeah, it's not great. And relying on Govan to shoot threes, and like it's just like what I don't know what's going on. The conference St. John struggled to get by whoever they got by recently, and then Providence lost to Wichita State. Like we've won more games than we lost, no question. But. I'm a little concerned about the Big East this year. The competition is not going to be as strong. It No, it shouldn't be. And like we said, like we talked about on the earlier episode, we should absolutely win the Big East this year, for sure. So going back to the Gavit games, the games I will point out that are kind of interesting are the following. One, you've got Marquette at Indiana. Marquette is definitely predicted to be the second-best team in the Big East, Borderline being ranked, Indiana is an interesting team out of the Big in Big Ten. Excuse me. They've got um, Romeo Lankford, who is their their big recruit. They got a couple other guys who, and they've got obviously Archie Miller as their coach. So anyway, Marquette versus Indiana should actually be a, a pretty interesting game. The only other one that stands out at all is Ohio State versus Creighton. Ohio State did have a nice first win against Cincinnati uh, earlier this week, and Creighton. We'll see. It's definitely more of a rebuilding year for Grayton, but if they can get a win, that would be nice too. But aside from that, you've got highlights like St. John's at Rutgers and Seton Hall at Nebraska. And the highlight for me, Penn State at DePaul. Whatever, this is garbage. Anyway, enough of the Big East. There's basically nothing exciting going on this week. We'll come back to it when stuff gets exciting, but let's, I don't know, let's move on at this point. Ridiculous. All right, so enough Big East. Look forward. Should we do a quick recruiting and then do a little little heart monitor? Big news. And it's kind of old you, news. It's, it's, old not, news even, it's not even news. It's, it's not old news at this point, but candidly, we didn't feel like doing a podcast <laughs> just because of... <laughs> call just, it what it is. Yeah, yeah, call it what it is. We didn't feel like doing one just because this happened. Because, I mean, getting good recruits is now just a commonplace thing. <laughs> it's all we do. Yeah. We're basically Duke. <laughs> Jeremiah Robinson Earl, top 15 pick. Uh, sorry, not pick. Top 15 recruit, five-star, excellent, power forward, 6'9". Like slender, can play multiple positions. Like got a big, mo- got a great motor. He's a terrific player. This guy is going to come in, and the most exciting part about this guy is his position. The fact that we're getting a big six-nine guy who's picking a us. Forward. He's from Kansas. His dad played at Kansas. Crazy. And Kansas was the lead runner to get Love this it. guy, and he picks Villanova. Whoop whoop. Yeah, over us now. Partial playing a factor into that is that Kansas is about to get sanctioned by the NCAA and maybe even the FBI. Well, who's counting? No, but wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Yo, JRE, I'm going to go by JRE. JRE is all in on Villanova. Yo, he's posted on Insta the other day. It was it was game day again. We're playing nobody. He's posted on Insta. He's got his Villanova sweatshirt on. He's like, game day. He's tagging Brian Antoine. And I'm like, this kid is all in. I love it. Yeah. There's no second guessing. Yeah, we beat out Kansas. Maybe there were some other factors. Doesn't matter. We are a top-notch program. We just got a top-notch recruit stolen right out of Kansas, and we're just gonna. And, it's gonna next year's and, gonna be exciting. And what we got now is two five stars, two four stars, and we're gonna ask the question: is, Amen. What is Jay Wright gonna be able to do now that he's getting elite talent versus a mix of very, very, very good talent? Maybe. Everyone else. Maybe he'll get invited to the Champions Classic. No. Hot take. No chance. Hot take. We get invited to the Champions Classic. Nope. (laughs) Not going to happen. So, so yeah. So, the the rub here is that Jay got a recruit 
This is a big time recruit. This is the type of recruit that we typically lose on. Yes. Like we're the finalist mm-hmm. versus another major program, another Bluebird program. Yeah. And, you know, oh, the guy comes on and goes, you know, it was really tight. I really love Jay Wright and Villanova, but I'm picking Kentucky. Yeah. But I'm picking Kansas. But I'm picking Michigan State. But I'm picking Duke. But yeah. I'm picking North Carolina. And boom, screw everyone else. Now we got this guy. This is the second guy after Antoine that's picking us over big-time programs. And I think it's finally – this is a sign that we've arrived. Yeah. Right? Everyone talks about where's that recruiting bump coming from the national championship. Church. Arrived. Check. It's here. <laughs> it's right now. <laughs> yes. This is happening. This is it. <laughs> this is it. And so, it's not going to get much better. And so this is as good a class as we're going to get, I think, because yeah. we're not a team that does it with big-time recruiting classes. So yeah. we're going to have these guys. Some of these guys are going to be gone pretty quickly, but enjoy it. It's it's going. This is the golden age of Villanova basketball, as Rob loves to say. Absolutely. And this is the, what you have to soak in, every little piece of it that you can. You don't know how long this is going to last but, I mean, Jay's building a sustainable program. And not many coaches, not many programs have won two national, have won three national championships. And not many programs have won multiple national championships with different coaches. And that's an important point. Yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. So, right. yeah. I, I mean, look, we're excited for Jerry. I don't want to write off this season. I'm already excited for next season, too. Yeah, no the question. Talent, between the town coming in and the guys we're still going to have, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, it's totally going to be exciting. So... This is the time to be all in on Villanova. It's it's really exciting stuff. Glad to get another big-time recruit. And I think we can talk about – we've talked about who's come in, who's coming in. Now let's talk about is who's already came and went yes. and how they're doing with a segment we call the Heart Monitor. The Heart Monitor. So those who are avid listeners who, you know, the handful or dozens of you out there who are avid listeners <laughs> know this segment. There's a couple. There's we a couple. do a segment called the Heart Monitor. Um, obviously, our main focus is Josh Hart, but we look around the NBA and we talk about how our players are doing. Um, you know, alumni and other Villanova basketball players who have moved on to the NBA, and we look around and swing around the league and see how they're doing. So I, I will say this. Let me start off. My my wife and I obviously love Villanova basketball. We watch every game that we can. Last year we started watching a little bit of NBA basketball too. I was like, oh, it's kind of exciting. Like, oh, let's follow it a little bit more. This year we have adopted we have adopted the strategy that we are going to watch every NBA game where there's a Villanova player on, which has actually become a challenge. Because there's basically a Villanova player playing every night. We've never had this problem before, and it's incredibly exciting. Like, I love it. It's absolutely terrific. It's so cool. But my favorite part about this, Rob, is when you were, were telling me about this, and the one player who you never watch is <laughs> yes. Kyle Lowry. Kyle. 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 Right. Just to be clear, he's not Kyle. He talked about this before. He doesn't like when people call him Kyle. It's one syllable. One syllable. Kyle. 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 Which, if you watch the interview, the interviewer was kind of baffled. It's like, I don't, I, I don't quite get it. But no, it's, it's like, it's Ka. 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 You guys like to say it fast. Ka. 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 All right. I don't know. Ka. Kyle Lowry, perennial all-star, Olympic gold medalist. Like, But we don't watch him. Because we know what's going to happen with him. <laughs> exactly. He's great. He's really good. He's, he's great. I'm not going to watch him. Yeah. I want to watch the guy who's getting off the bench and I get to stand up off my couch and cheer when he gets three minutes of bird in the league. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it's spot on. It's spot on. Um, but should we start our update with the name of the segment? Josh, Josh Hart. Hart. I think we should. So Josh is in his second season in the NBA. He had such a hot summer league. He won MVP of summer league. Preseason, he looked fine, and he's basically continued that. Yeah, he started off super hot, coming off the bench, slowed down a little bit, but has picked it right back up. He was 5 for 7 from 3 the other night, uh, had 21 points, and has definitely become a fan favorite in L.A. He's a fan favorite, and he's definitely a favorite of their head coach, LeBron James. <laughs> yes. Because Luke Walton is no longer their head coach. Yeah, absolutely. LeBron James is their head coach. They're like, basically, they're like, I think Luke Walton's like four years or five years older than LeBron, and LeBron definitely calls the shots in yeah, L.A. Yeah, no question about that. Wait, wait, but, wait. Could you imagine me, Luke Walton, a quick side note? You've got LeBron James, obviously one of or arguably the greatest player of all time, who's like four years your junior. Then you've got Magic Johnson, also in like running the show, who also is in probably top ten players of all time. You're sitting there. You're basically like, all right, just just tell me what you guys want. Like, I, I'm not doing anything at this yeah. point. It's ridiculous. This is pointless. Yeah. So 
so Josh is definitely a favorite of LeBron. Um, he's taken KCP's minutes. Yes. And and he's done terrific. As you said, started hot, had a little bit of a lull, was awesome the other night. Yep. And Josh is going to continue to be a force in this league. He's got a lot of great press. Like, you just search Josh Hart, and the amount of articles written about this guy has been amazing. The Stupid. Ringer did a great piece yeah. on him. Like, this guy has gotten a lot of press. And the best part about it is that this guy literally lives, like, it seems to be a lonely life in Los Angeles. I love Josh Hart. I, we he said just, this before. I want to, like, go out and hang out with Josh Hart. Yeah. He just goes, he goes to camp, he plays games, like, and then he practices, he works out a lot, he's still a workout, he's just still a gym rat. Uh, dude is cut. Yeah, no like, question about that. super cut. And then he goes home to what looks like a bare bones apartment he's in Los Angeles. He's got dogs. Yeah, dog. He's got dogs. Other than that, pretty much a bare bones apartment in Los Angeles, plays some video games and hangs out. Yeah. Seems like a good life. Seems, like, seems pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good, yeah. So, we love Josh, we're excited for him. We continue um, to hope for great success. Moving on, I think I talk about Arch. We've got to talk about Arch, especially this week. Yeah, Archie Diakono has been incredible. First career start. First career start. Looks good. He's been good off the bench. This guy played in the G League for two years. He stuck with it. Wait, wait. For, and for those of you who don't know, the G League sucks. Yeah, the G League's not good. You make, I think it's like thirty k a year. Yeah, granted they give you a housing stipend. You fly around to no-name towns. You stay in bedbug-ridden hotels. Maybe not bedbug-ridden, but, like, you don't stay in nice hotels. It's not the end. Every G League player has bedbugs. Period. Hot take. They all have bedbugs. They all have bedbugs. Don't come near a G League player. They got bedbugs. That's it. I love it. You heard it here first on the full 40. Every G League player has bedbugs. It's perfect. Oh, my God. Um, Can't wait wait to see Adam Silver get up at the express conference. The G League does not have bedbugs, guys. Uh, Oh, my God. Um, But, yeah, the G League is not a fun experience. So, Arch has put up with that for two years. He got a little bit of NBA playing time last year on his two-way contract. And... Was amazingly, he made the team this year coming out of out of training camp for Chicago, which is awesome. It was definitely a little bit up in the air. Then kind of lucked out. Chris Dunn, who was the Bulls' starting point guard, got hurt. Chris Dunn, if you don't remember, played at Providence, and he and Arch actually shared Big East Player of the Year several years ago. So anyway, he gets hurt. Arch has basically overplayed um, this uh, backup point guard pain on Chicago and earned his first start, like Chris said, just the other night. Super exciting. He's shown what the hard work has turned into. And frankly, it's not even like, oh, we're just giving him some minutes because of hard work. No, he's performing. He's got one of the best assist-to-turnover ratios in the NBA. He's scoring incredibly efficiently. He's doing it all. Shooting the ball really well. Shooting the ball really well. Playing defense as hard-nosed as ever. Yeah. Jabari Parker is singing this guy's praises left and right. Absolutely. And the best part is his hair looks phenomenal. Hair looks good. And yes. to think he's doing all of this while having a case of the bed bugs. <laughs> yes. It's really tremendous. <laughs> God bless him and his bed bugs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But in all seriousness, watch Arch. The Bulls are horrible, but Archie Diakono's great. Yeah, yeah. Part of the fact of Archie Diakono playing so much is that he's playing for the Bulls. Yeah. Which are, they're not good. They're not good. They're not as bad as the Cavaliers, Oof. but they're not good. But kudos to Ryan. He's doing everything he can under the circumstances, and we love it. Yeah. Um, stringing around the league, Spellman has kind of been very average, but he's done He's done a nice job. He's, he's fitting well starts. there. Yeah, he's yeah. gotten a few starts. He's fitting pretty well there. The Hawks are not a great team. Obviously, everything around the Hawks is focused on Trey Young, which is not a big surprise. Yeah. But, you know... The Hawks have been fine. Spellman's been fine. But I, w- I would say this. Spellman's shot, when I watched him in Summer League, he couldn't hit the broadside of the barn. Right. He was shooting horribly. The shot has started to fall. He doesn't look incompetent on defense. Like, yes, he's a thicker player compared to your average NBA player, but he's been holding his own. He hasn't picked up too many fouls. So, yeah, I would say I think he's been above average from what I expected, to be totally honest. Right. And then you have um, Mikhail Bridges. Yep. Who has done pretty good so far on the Suns. It's still a while. The Suns are still not good. And it's going to take a little bit of time for him to gain a foothold. He's still, like, the thing that we talked about is his physicality. Yeah. It's going to take some time. The kid just needs to eat. 
Although he loves Chipotle. He loves Chipotle. There's so much Chipotle. Yeah, which I don't know if any of you listening have tried to eat Chipotle and then play sports. <laughs> it's not a fun thing to do. No. Like, I play intramural sports, right? I'm not good, but I yeah. play them. I like to run around. And I eat Chipotle for lunch, and I feel like I can't fucking move <laughs> when I'm playing intramural sports. So I don't understand how he does it, yep. but God bless him. But the kid needs to put on some weight, Absolutely. and he needs to get. He needs to continue to stay in the gym. There's no question he's working hard, yeah. And he's got still got a good jumper. He's still got a lot of things going right, but he's still trying to get his feet um, under him in the league. He's taken the good thing is he's taken Josh Jackson's minutes, which Josh Jackson was I think number three, number four pick overall a few years ago. And I mean, I think that says something. But you're right. There's a a little part of me that's still like, oh, I wish the Sixers wouldn't have traded him because he would have gotten. So much playing time with the Sixers. Yeah. That team needs help and needs his skill set. But in any case, look, we can't change history. He's, I'm very confident he's going to get more playing time because he has been good when he's been in. Brunson's got some good burn, but not great. Not great. At the Mavs, yeah. he's still getting his feet under him. And then tough we can't talk about the heart monitor segment without talking about Dante DiVincenzo, who had... One of the worst highlights you'll ever see a guy have Ooh. in the league where Ooh. he basically yeah. he kind of slipped and fell. It really yeah. wasn't necessarily on him. Floor was definitely wet. Floor was definitely wet, but let's not make that many excuses. Dante DiVincenzo totally got tripped up. The guy put a move on him, yeah. left him in the dust, and he went down, and it wasn't a pretty look. Yeah, but got, other his, than got that, his ankles. Other broken. than that, for one of one of the best teams in the league, yeah, the Bucks have been awesome so, so far. Good. Just blew out the Warriors. Totally. Now I know the Warriors were a little bit um, down a couple guys. But Curry was not there. Before. Yeah, yeah, but still blew out the Warriors at Golden State. Yep. For and he's getting some burn. Yep. On that team, so Dante's can play pretty well so far. I think given his role in that team. Yep. So, I mean, obviously, other than that, obviously Kyle's been awesome on the best team Kyle. in the league. On the best team in the league, so yes. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. And then even Dante Cunningham has been playing for the Spurs, who have been fine and yeah. doing fine. He's yeah, he's doing fine. Kind of like a 10-year journeyman. He plays like 10 minutes. He gets like two rebounds, but he keeps getting signed by teams. They, yeah. they love him, I guess. So, yeah, they don't want him to see him get bed bugs. <laughs> yeah, don't get bed bugs. <laughs> so that's our heart monitor whip around. Yeah. What else do we got to cover? I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think we're good here. Yeah. Again, we're excited to be brought to you by Nova Insider. Definitely check out Nova Insider's Instagram account. Definitely use the code FULL40INSIDER if you want to get 25% off any of their gear. Continue to check us out. We're on Spotify, Audio Boom, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, any anywhere you name it. Yeah, Other than maybe YouTube. Yeah, we're not on YouTube. We're not on YouTube because Evan, one of our friends... Wants us to be on YouTube. So screw you, Evan. We're not, <laughs> not going on YouTube. We're not going just because of you. That's right. That's right. But let's face it. If we figure out how to get on YouTube, we'll get on YouTube we'll too. We'll probably do that too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So thanks for listening in. We're excited to have you. Finally, the season's back here. Woo! We're underway. Get excited. And thanks for listening. And as always, let's, let's go, go Nova. Nova.